Welcome back to Trading Matters, a podcast by OCBC Securities. In this show, we're focused on hunting down interesting market movements to help you become more opportunistic with your capital. I'm your host, Reggie, aka Your Chief Financial Coconut, and today we have to discuss about recession because we have observed an increased discussion about this whole scary idea out there today. And, and the question is, can the Fed then create a soft landing for all of us? And historically, the results haven't been great, which also prompts us to continue this discussion on all these volatile volatility in the market and how does it affect the exchanges? Did you know that Hong Kong Exchange and SGX actually are businesses? So with more volatility, it is more activity for these businesses. So how is this going to change the landscape for all these exchanges, especially these two largest exchanges in Asia? So for all that and more, stay tuned. Numbers coming in and looks like there's a recession coming in. It is what is the situation now? Huh? Yeah, you know, so I think you're right. Everything I've heard on the markets right now seems to be a lot of confusion, right? So previously, past three months, quite straightforward. Everyone's just talking inflation, inflation, inflation. And what's the Fed going to do about it? And now there's this concern, you could say, uh, of people afraid that the Fed might push the economy into recession in its fight <laughs> against inflation. Mm, uh, mm, 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 so, mm. I mean, that's tough. I, I, I feel for Jerome Powell, I feel for his team. Uh, it's definitely not going to be easy because he's trying to tread a fine line to, to slow down the economy just enough, mm. uh, but hopefully not trigger a recession. And that's the so-called soft landing that everyone wants but it's really hard to attain for him yeah mm -hmm. everyone's you know pointing back to the 1980s kind of levels of inflation and uh, mm -hmm. the fed definitely did not engineer a soft landing back then <laughs> uh, they actually pushed the economy into a recession and and that's mm -hmm. what everyone's kind of afraid of right now with inflation running at the numbers they are doing before this podcast i was also just reading up some news and uh, cnbc did a recent survey of some of the top ceos and uh, based in the u.s and more than half of them are now anticipating a recession. The question then is when or, you know, if we can avoid it. Hopefully, everyone wants to avoid it. But mm. uh, if not, then when, whether this year, next year, what are they anticipating, mm. things like that. Yeah. Mm. How will this affect retail traders and investors like ourselves, right? In terms of economic data, what Jerome Powell is trying quite hard to argue, and he has some validity, uh, is actually that some of the economic numbers are still doing pretty well. So, I mean, mm. if you're talking about things like unemployment, you know, the employment data coming in is still strong. And we are looking at, you know, decade-low unemployment, which is great for the US economy. Uh, so not all aspects of the economy right now are actually really bad. It's just that people are afraid that it will become bad. Uh, and you have seen that, you know, happen in the stock market uh, in terms of how companies are, you know, telling other customers right now are telling their investors right now, we are having problems dealing with costs. So an example, recently Walmart and uh, Target, uh, they came in and they said, you know, we're having Horrible. problems mm. managing mm. our costs, managing uh, or pushing these higher costs to customers and their margins are being affected and their stock price reacted so violently. Very violently. Days, right? Yes, yeah. very violently. If you continue to see this value versus growth trend, you know, uh, how value has outperformed. That's because people are, you know, running towards some of the higher quality names out there. Names that give you dividends, names that are more stable, that have uh, lower leverage or gearing. Uh, yeah. Well, if that continues, then yeah, definitely because uh, everyone's now afraid of all the growth names going bankrupt, for example. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so that could be a potential uh, area that, you know, people want to avoid, people want to pile into value names. But not all, of mm. course. Uh, yeah. So actually, we are looking at, in terms of 
economic indicators, right, uh, looks at things like your bond yields. So actually, in terms of uh, the US 10-year treasuries, they have actually come down in terms of their yields. Basic demand and supply, which means that more people are actually going into US treasuries. And this is often seen mm. as a safe haven, right? So not everyone is just flushing straight away into quality names in the stock market. Some people are not mm. even in the stock market going into bonds, going into US treasuries, uh, things mm. like that. And people are escaping the US dollar as well. You look at the, uh, the Bloomberg dollar index. Uh, people are now mm. looking at other currencies as well. And, and we have seen that, that reflection in the financial markets. Uh, yeah. In today's episode, I think specifically, we wanted to talk a little bit about the market itself, right? So not just the markets, but the exchanges, they are pretty much the anchor of the market, right? And uh, we're going to pit the standard two exchanges together. <laughs> so it's, it's SGX versus Hong Kong. What, what are some interesting things that we should recognize from, from this space? Let's start with Hong Kong, because I think Hong Kong over the past few years have announced a lot of interesting initiatives, right? They're trying yeah. to build their own tech index, you know, want to <laughs> try something more, more energetic. Yeah, yeah. And you, 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 you try to see a lot of uh, big tech, China big tech, trying to double list or even you know, list there first. Well, I mean, definitely if you're talking about Hong Kong exchange, uh, like what you mentioned, there has been a huge shift away from just Hong Kong to also talk about how it's related to China, right? So even in your flagship Hang Seng Index right now, the number of components that have huge amounts of China exposure... You know, that has been increasing over the years. Yes. Yeah, so yes. not just about Hong Kong, but also, you know, all about China. And along with that, the whole thing about COVID zero, people are afraid of the regulation and the crackdown. We've covered some of that before. Mm. Uh, but I think today, actually, the perspective that I think we can also uh, look at is in terms of exchanges, generally, uh, they tend to do well in times of volatility, right? Because... Every oh, time yeah. you do a trade, you know, you mm. might have to pay a certain fee to the exchange. Uh, so, so, I mean, that, that is one area that they get their revenue. Uh, we'll talk mm. about another area, which is about mm. IPOs, where they also get some fees. Mm. Yeah. Mm. But definitely, in times of volatility, that's one of the, you could say, counter to the broader market, uh, how mm. some of these exchanges actually can end up with higher than expected earnings or revenue, uh, even though the broader market might be down. So, yeah. that's one characteristic of uh, exchanges. Uh, and specific to Hong Kong, like I mentioned, there's the whole thing about IPOs, uh, where you know the IPO scene in Hong Kong has actually kind of dried up over the past year. It was very hot in 2020. We are hearing all the listings of JD.com, NetEase. Mm. Uh, and then after that, subsequently, everyone was afraid of Hong Kong because of the crackdown. So all of these tech companies decided not to list uh, and the IPO actually dried up in that sense. Uh, so whether or not that would come back, that's one factor to watch for Hong Kong Exchange for sure. Um, and recently we heard the whole thing about, you know, DD in the US, right? The whole yeah. delisting saga. Mm. Uh, and whether they'll shift to Hong Kong and list there, uh, we don't know yet whether that will come true because they have a lot to work with, with the regulators. But, mm. you know, if we see more of this uh, shift towards Hong Kong, then maybe the IPO spell, the dry spell might actually reverse. We don't know yet. The volatility that has come in in the US has been benefiting the US side. Will we see that happen in Hong Kong uh, when it comes to more volatility, more turnover, and potentially more fees for these guys as well? So that's one of the areas that I think could be interesting to some of the traders or investors uh, to consider, not just the broad market or the broad index, but also Singapore Exchange or Hong Kong Exchange as well. Yeah. 
we say that the Hong Kong exchange is people don't dare to list, you know, because of the whole crackdown. Yeah. But how is it like in Singapore, right? Because for the longest time, all I remember is that uh, oh, Man United wanted to list, and then it never happened, and then from then on, nothing interesting happened. <laughs> <laughs> well, I suppose I mean, in terms of Singapore exchange, uh, the in terms of IPOs and things like that, uh, it was not very active for the past few years actually. Uh, you mm. could say some of the IPOs that are heavily anticipated are, for example, uh, we look at Thai Beverage, they've been wanting to list their Thai beverage, beer yes. arm, right? Mm. Uh, mm. And that has been postponed for a while because of COVID, hasn't happened yet, one of the anticipated ones. Uh, over the COVID period, we had Nanofilm actually come in and list on the Singapore Exchange and that was a pretty big IPO as well. So it's not that there isn't absolutely any, but it hasn't actually been very active over the past decade, you're right. Uh, mm. But for Singapore Exchange, what's interesting is actually um, not just looking at the IPO angle, definitely have to consider that, that uh, but that they have also diversified out of just equities purely to look at things like derivatives. Yeah. So things like your futures, things like, uh, I mean, they have their futures linked to both China and India, the two largest or, or two uh, largest economies and, and, and populations in Asia, right? Mm. So, so definitely that is one uh, area that they currently have a lead over Hong Kong in. Mm-hmm. When it comes to derivatives, there was a big hoo-ha actually uh, over the past few years when uh, MSCI decided to shift out of Singapore yeah. uh, into Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but even if you are looking at recently, the news came out on Bloomberg how the, not a lot of flows have actually shifted to Hong Kong yet. Uh, and still majority of this is still done in Singapore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, help us understand a little bit better this whole China futures being in Singapore. Just think of it this way, like uh, it is a separate business from their normal stock trading or equities business. So when it comes to futures and derivatives, I mean, a lot of the institutions, they are able to trade in a lot of different jurisdictions, including Singapore, but not necessarily that it has to be a Singapore stock underlying that derivative, right? So in this mm-hmm. case, uh, actually, we are talking about China index futures that are traded in Singapore. So the underlying mm. is still China, but it's a derivative that is traded on the Singapore exchange. And uh, as usual with exchanges, there will be commissions, there will be fees, there will be charges. Uh, and that's where Singapore exchange, actually, I think according to one of the uh, recent brokerage reports, uh, they actually calculate uh, it takes about 10% of their revenue from the derivatives business. So it's not wow. something that is just very small. Yeah. Mm. And like I mentioned, you know, links to both China and India. And uh, that helps actually some of the institutions hedge their risk. Uh, So actually, if you look at some of the data out there in terms of trading volume for this derivatives business, uh, it has actually spiked over the past quarter. With all the volatility in the market, some of the institutions want to use derivatives to hedge their risk, hedge their exposure, uh, and as a result of that, actually, you end up with really high volumes uh, and, and that was reflected in some of the data as well. So mm. hedging coming in as an opportunity for Singapore Exchange to get some revenue out of it, uh, even if the broader market might be struggling a little bit. Yeah. If you look at both exchanges, you have to take into consideration the broader market. So like mm. I said, you know, Hong Kong is no longer just Hong Kong on its own. Hong Kong Exchange is also no longer just focused purely on Hong Kong's economy, but also on the broader China story. Uh, And Singapore Exchange, similarly, they know that, you know, not just trading in Singapore stocks, but also going into derivatives, expanding into various arenas, that has helped them to diversify their business. So looking at the exchange, you have to go in a bit more detail to understand what the business really is. 
And uh, even, for example, Hong Kong Exchange, it has links to the London Metal Exchange, yes. right? A huge business that is, I mean, just like any other business, you know, they have yes, arms everywhere. Yes. Uh, and, and that's something that investors and traders definitely need to understand. Um, the other thing is, uh, even though you're looking at the exchange and looking at the broader market, uh, some of the trading principles still apply. So, mm. for example, uh, if you look at a stock, you always look at the price, you look at the volume. You can look at the broader turnover for the stock uh, on the exchange on any given day to see how the activity is doing uh, on the exchange. And so that's one of the things that actually I think our team here, we look at uh, to try and understand the dynamic. Like, you know, are a lot of people trading in Hong Kong right now or is it very quiet? Same thing for Singapore. Mm. And uh, if you see more activity, this could be an area that then interests you, not just in the stock, but also the stocks that are traded uh, on the exchange, uh, of course. Yeah. Mm. Okay, cool, cool. Thank you. In closing, is there any other thing that we should know, you know, about recession or exchanges? Yeah, uh, I think the, the main thing is um, the narrative can change really quickly. Yeah, mm. so uh, I mentioned about turnover. I mentioned about how activity on the stock exchanges is something to watch. Uh, I think this could be an area, especially for Singapore and Hong Kong, that we have not seen this turnover really pick up so much as compared to the US. In terms of volatility, the US has seen some increase in that. Uh, in terms of Singapore and Hong Kong, not so much yet. So I will definitely keep my eyes peeled for what's happening on the broader exchanges uh, to see if they are going to follow the US counterparts. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Thank you, CK. Then we will see all of you next week. Thank you. Hey, thank you for tuning in weekly with us at Trading Matters, a podcast by OCBC Securities. If you want to be even faster in following latest market insights done by the team at OCBC Securities, you should visit iocbc.com slash tradingmatters for market insights on Singapore, China, Hong Kong, and the US, and a lot of the stuff that we couldn't cover on the show today. This show is jointly produced by the team at The Financial Coconut and OCBC Securities. We hope you become a more astute trader following our weekly show. And we want to hear from you. Join our ecosystem, events, and all that stuff. Details in the description below. I will see you next week. Also, contents of this podcast are intended for general information only and should not be construed as recommendation or solicitation to invest in any financial products. All investments are subjected to risk. Before investing, you should conduct your own self-assessment and seek independent financial advice. For the full disclaimer, check out iocbc.com slash trading matters. Also, like, share, subscribe. Huh? Like, share, subscribe. See you next week. Thank you.